Hello and welcome to Sprott Radio. I'm your host, Ed Coyne, Senior Managing Partner at Sprott Asset Management. With me today, we have one of our longstanding guests who's done webcasts with us and podcasts with us in the past, Shri Kargitkar, who is a CFA, Managing Partner, and Portfolio Manager at Sprott Asset Management. And I asked Shri to join us today to talk predominantly about platinum and also touch on palladium. So Shri, thank you for joining us today on Sprott Radio. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me again. You know, Shri, I, I like to think that platinum and, and palladium have become sort of a forgotten metal in the short term as the world has turned to the energy transition market. Uh, you know, you can't really go anywhere these days without hearing comments about battery technology and so forth. So I thought it would be a good time to revisit platinum and palladium and really talk about what's driving its demand what the market's thinking, what's Wall Street thinking, and really where the future is for platinum and palladium in this landscape of a gradual shift to electrification of the automotive industry. To see, you know, has platinum and palladium become a dinosaur or is it still relevant in today's economy? Sounds good. The fact that ice-powered cars are still rising in numbers in terms of its manufacturing output every year tells me that platinum and palladium are not completely out of vogue. I don't think most of our listeners even really fully appreciate the role platinum and palladium plays within the automotive industry. But from a percent standpoint, what percent of platinum in particular, I guess, and palladium's demand comes from the auto industry? Palladium's easy. Almost 85%, give or take, of the total demand for Palladium is, is derived from the automotive industry. Uh, as it relates to platinum, it is a bit of a moving target because there have been years where platinum and its uses in the automotive industry have been on the decline and there have been uh, periods where platinum's use in the automotive industry have been on an ascent like it is right now, for example. Um, and so platinum as it stands, I would say, it's closer to 40-45% of its demand uh, comes from the automotive industry today. And, and why does that fluctuate? Are those two metals interchangeable for catalytic converters, or, or what's, what's the reason behind that? Short answer is yes. Platinum and palladium are reasonably substituted for each other, especially when you're talking about gasoline-powered engines, for example. As it relates to diesel engines, uh, platinum is much more difficult to substitute, although you can have a combination of platinum and palladium for the catalytic converters that are used in diesel-powered cars. Back in the 1990s, there was a huge run-up in the price of platinum, and, and that's when we started to, started to see substitution away from platinum towards palladium as far as the catalytic converters are con concerned. The substitution that was done at that time was quite sticky in that it lasted for a very long time. Uh, and even through the recent years when the amount of palladium coming out was just not enough to meet all the demand from the automotive industry, and, and we were even seeing some of the metal get taken out of the ETFs, for example, just to meet the, the excess demand. It, it didn't really lead to meaningful levels of substitution away from palladium into platinum up until the last couple of years in particular. And part of it had to do with the automakers just realizing that, hey, the supply-demand picture for palladium 
is not in our favor. And part of it also had to do with the, the simple fact that palladium at that time was traded as high as $3,000 per ounce when platinum, usually more expensive counterpart, was trading closer to $1,000. You know, and you mentioned about pulling uh, the physical metals out of some of the ETFs in the past. You know, what about recycling? What kind of role does recycling play in the consumption of these metals and, and ultimately, I guess, in the demand for the metal itself? Recycling plays a very important role because when you're talking about internal combustion engines and, uh, well, obviously, cars that are powered by internal combustion engine, they have a finite lifespan. After 10, 15, 20 years, these cars end up being recycled and, and the catalytic converters that are attached to it also are recycled as well. And, and the amount of metal that comes out of it has always been a fairly important supply component of the overall picture for both platinum and palladium. So for platinum, for example, generally speaking, we get about 1.2 million ounces of the metal being supplied to, uh, to the through the recycling market rather and entering the, the supply side of, of the metal every year. So 1.2 million ounces. And then in palladium, automotive recycling accounts for about 2.6 million ounces of, of the overall uh, supply pie, which is entering through the recycling side. So it is, the importance of it cannot be understated. We saw and we are seeing some pretty important, I guess, shifts uh, that are underway because this, this whole supply chain has just been thrown into a total lurch. And what that has meant is used car prices have also crept up. And uh, because used car prices have crept up, the amount of cars that are being recycled have started to be under pressure as well. The whole automotive machine, if I were to put it this way, of new cars being made and old cars being recycled, there's been a giant wrench that's been thrown in as a result of COVID and some of the supply shortages on the chip side and what have you. And it's improving but it's not completely gotten better yet. And, and you know, and it's interesting, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect. Year to date, it's negative. Platinum and palladium are both negative, you know, in, in fairly large numbers. Yet supply is not readily available and demand is increasing. Why do you think there's a disconnect right now? Why, why is Wall Street not necessarily caring, even though we know the demand is, is there and there's lack of supply in the marketplace? What, what's your thoughts on that? A couple of, couple of things I've noticed. Firstly, the investment demand was negative because ETFs have been in outflows, and I'm talking on a global scale, for the past year, year and a half. That seems to have stopped, and there are some levels of inflows coming into platinum and palladium. So I think investors are coming to the realization that, hey, we should at least stop redeeming and, and try and get a better feel for what the supply demand picture really looks like for these two metals. And secondly, what I can say is, as it relates to the investment demand for either of these two metals, we're talking about two metals which are so rare and they're produced in such small quantities that it is exceptionally difficult for a large investor. And I'm talking 
someone with assets in the tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars to come in and take a position which is meaningful enough. Because we're talking about an instance for Platinum where the total combined supply coming out from, from mines as well as recycling is around 7 million ounces per year. And as it relates for palladium, we're talking about a metal where the combined supply between recycling and mine production is circa 10 million ounces per year. So these are not large markets. But when investors do in fact become more confident that there is a serious investment return to be made here, it is very easy to make fairly large splashes in, uh, to the upside. And now I'm talking about the prices of these metals because in order to take a substantial position which can meaningfully sway the market, the position sizes don't really get very big. A few hundred million dollars can, can certainly make massive changes to what the prevailing metal prices can result to. You know, and you mentioned the rarity and the limited quantity. Has the industry ever sought to find a replacement to these metals? It seems like, you know, they have looked in the past and, and not been successful. And, and even as we go into battery technology, is there a replacement metal out there that can do the same job? And also, as, as the industry slowly, uh, over decades probably, moves to electrification, where do you see platinum and palladium's role as the market evolves? PGMs, and I'm now talking about platinum group metals, they generally have similar qualities in that they are reasonably difficult to get them to react to other metals. And that makes them excellent catalysts for various different reactions. And so when we're talking about a catalytic converter, for example, the catalyst in there is a PGM metal. So you could have platinum in there, you could have palladium in there, you could even have rhodium in there. And I'm not a chemistry expert, but the bottom line is that there are very few elements out there which can serve as a catalyst without reacting at high temperatures. And that's something which platinum and palladium are quite unique in, in their abilities to do. But what we have not seen is some third or fourth or fifth party enter into the picture as a, look at me, I can do the same thing for cheaper. Mm -hmm. So we're very much stuck to the, the, the PGM metal group for using in, in a, as a catalyst. As far as being able to catalyze a reaction at high temperatures is concerned. Platinum is also used in a number of different industrial applications, many of which are quite important for the production of electric cars. And secondly, platinum is also very important, at least right now, for its ability to catalyze the reaction which converts hydrogen into water and, and thereby being almost impossible to separate out of a car that uses hydrogen fuel cells. Well, you talk about hydrogen, that seems to be a growing part of the market. Most investors, I don't think, myself included, really didn't connect the dots of platinum and hydrogen together. Can you dive into that a little bit? You know, what does that look like? How is that working? What is it used for? You know, what's going on with the hydrogen economy and how is platinum being married to that economy? So the hydrogen economy is very nascent at the moment. There are many experts, there are many different companies and, and enterprises out there 
or hoping to make hydrogen into a much bigger component of the green economy. And that's where the whole hydrogen economy comes in. As it stands today, in 2023, the rise of EVs is there and everyone knows it. We're not at a point where we're seeing that big inflection for fuel cell cars just yet. And platinum is quite important because usually what happens when you mix hydrogen with oxygen, you get water, but you get a huge, huge amount of energy being released at the same time. I mean, think back to the Hindenburg, right? I mean, those classic images that we have all seen, the videos we have seen of what happens when hydrogen mixes with oxygen. The results are explosive. Uh, obviously, we don't want to have that happen when we're driving a car around, for example. So what needs to be done? You need to have that reaction occur in a, in a more contained manner, but we need to have that reaction happen to produce energy. And that's where platinum, and I, and I touched on this before, how, how platinum, palladium, certain other elements are are such that they're able to maintain their chemical properties, they're able to, to be catalysts in reaction, and they don't themselves react with the elements that are reacting. And, and, and that's what platinum is good for, uh, and, and platinum is able to catalyze the reaction with hydrogen and oxygen coming together to make water and, and, and creating enough energy so that you can have a hydrogen fuel cell powered car or a bus or what have you. It sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the investment demand is looking pretty attractive down the road or longer term as more investors start to pay attention to this. It's undeniable that we can't move forward without platinum playing a role. I'll put it this way for platinum. We are currently in a deficit. There's a just under 4 million ounces of platinum above ground. Depending on whose research you consume, we're chewing through anywhere between 250,000 ounces to 1 million ounces per year. So that doesn't leave too much time before the above ground stockpiles are exhausted for platinum. And then what do you do? We're not really bringing on any new mines of platinum that are capable of producing platinum and, and palladium and other elements at prices similar to what some of these existing mines are capable of doing. So the supply demand picture is such that demand is continuing to rise, but supply is not rising. And we just touched on the hydrogen economy. And the thing that I didn't touch on is the ramification of what this thing can do if the hydrogen economy were to take off for platinum. Because while you're using one or two grams of platinum for every internal combustion engine car for a fuel cell vehicle, you use somewhere between 30 and 60 grams of platinum per vehicle. So more. So, yeah. So you don't really need to have hydrogen fuel cell powered cars be the dominant type of the automobile out there. You just need it to be a small fraction, two, three, four percent of what the existing, I guess, pie chart, uh, if that were to be fuel cell powered cars, we would be talking about hydrogen trading at multiples where it is right now because there just is not enough of this metal. Let's finish with going back to investments. How would you suggest an investor try to participate in the supply demand disconnect 
the the price right now or the performance right now how could someone maybe participate in that in, in some way shape or form what would you suggest for someone that wants to be involved with this space from an investment standpoint generally speaking it's reasonably difficult to be wrong on a commodity when there's less of it being made versus how much is being used platinum has multiple uses it is very obviously very useful in the automotive industry and the use in the automotive industry for platinum is growing that cannot be overstated and more importantly there are other industrial uses of platinum uh, which which are increasing the demand for the metal almost two, three quarters of the metal comes out of south africa by the way and they can't even generate enough electricity to feed the mines that's a problem so the supply of the metal is unlikely to grow much in the in the future but the demand doesn't really know about the supply it doesn't care the demand for the metal is growing so the supply demand outlook is is quite positive for platinum for the first time in in almost a decade and so to come back to your question ed it's reasonably good to be getting positioned in a metal or in a commodity where there is more being demanded and less being supplied and the commodities in a deficit with the deficits unlikely to close for a meaningful amount of period in the, in the next few years so you could do worse than than invest in a commodity that there is not enough of mm -hmm. And obviously, when there's a, there, there's a supply-demand imbalance, there, there's the one thing that has to change, and that is the price. Well, you certainly covered a lot of waterfront today, but you also do a nice job with some white papers and research reports that we've put out in the past. And, you know, I always encourage our listeners to go to our website at sprott.com and, and read some of the more recent, you know, write-ups you've done and comments you've done and, and really talking about that space. So, you know, Shri, it's always a treat to have you on Sprout Radio. It's always a treat to see you. Thank you for your comments today, and, and thank you all for listening to Sprout Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Ed Coyne. This podcast is provided for information purposes only from sources believed to be reliable. However, Sprout does not warrant its completeness or accuracy. Any opinions and estimates constitute our judgment as of the date of this material and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This communication is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument. Any opinions and recommendations herein do not take into account individual client circumstances, objectives or needs and are not intended as recommendations of particular securities, financial instruments or strategies. You must make your own independent decisions regarding any securities, financial instruments or strategies mentioned or related to the information herein. This communication may not be redistributed or retransmitted in whole or in part or in any form or manner without the express written consent of Sprott. Any unauthorized use or disclosure is prohibited. Receipt and review of this information constitutes your agreement not to redistribute or retransmit the contents and information contained in this communication without first obtaining express permission from an authorized officer of Sprott.